You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We have a lot to cover on today's show. We talk BYU basketball. They get obliterated at home and their season is over just like that at the hands of Washington State in the quarterfinals of the NIT. What to make of that? We'll also talk BYU football, the tight end position in particular with BYU tight ends coach Steve Clark, an exclusive one-on-one conversation with one of the more affable and fun interviews on the BYU coaching staff is ahead. And, of course, we will catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news, including a huge home series for the BYU baseball program beginning tonight at Miller Park. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online has recovered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's betonline.net where the game starts. All right, we got a lot to get to and not a lot of time to get to it, so let's waste no more time and dive in. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for March 24th, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, a resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a big thank you once again for joining us right here on Locked On Cougars, your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. All right, let's get rolling here on today's show. BYU basketball season is over just like that. A little bit of a bummer, not going to lie. I expected BYU to handle Washington State better than they, well, better than they did, obviously, getting absolutely shellacked 77 to 58. I did not envision a nearly 20-point blowout by Washington State in this game. I thought it would be a pretty tight game throughout, but when you shoot horribly from three, you have your turnover issues resume that you've had all season long. You avoided them against Northern Iowa, but all of a sudden they came roaring back. Well, guess what? You're going to be hard-pressed to win any game like that, especially when you can't get stops on the defensive end of the court. Washington State, as I said on yesterday's podcast previewing this game, gave me some USF vibes. A very talented guard line that could fill it up offensively, a big front line that would give the length and athleticism the BYU has struggled with all year long. And what did we see? Length and athleticism bothering BYU on offense, a guard line that could not be stopped, Man, this was a disappointing, disappointing game for BYU basketball. They had a chance to kind of flip the script on some of the games where they have lost when teams are more athletic, longer than they are, and also have better guard play. Well, guess what? They did not flip that script at all. In fact, they kind of reinforced what we already felt like we knew about this BYU basketball program. This was a season that was plagued by inconsistency. There's no if and or but about that. BYU would play absolutely phenomenally one night. No, Look no further than Northern Illinois the other night. BYU was absolutely lights out from three. Gideon George scores a career-high 27 points, hitting outside shots. He comes into this game against uh, Washington State and couldn't hit the broadside of the barn for most of the game and his teammates were right there with him. BYU just could not get untracked offensively, and it leads to their season coming to a halt right 
at the quarterfinal point of the NIT. A trip to Madison Square Garden for potentially the final time of the NIT playing there was on the horizon for BYU, but as such, the season ends in Provo. It's unfortunate. Guys like T. John Lucas, Alex Barcelo, their careers at BYU are done, and it's a little bit of a weird feeling to think that Alex Barcelo's time as a BYU Cougar is over. This is a kid, when he showed up to BYU from Arizona, we weren't all necessarily sure what we were getting from him. He was a highly rated rated prospect out of the Arizona prep ranks, went to Arizona, had some moments for the Wildcats, but never really got himself into a position where he was a consistent player there, and as such, decided he needed to find greener pastures. Mark Pope and BYU went out there and sold him hard on what BYU could be for him as a new staff. He came here, bought into the vision, bought into exactly what BYU had in mind for him, and he's been an all-timer for BYU. Alex Barcelo, number 13, will go down as one of the more memorable players in BYU basketball history in my mind. This was a kid who gave his heart and soul to this program, a guy who was an outsider, did not have very many, if any, connections to Provo or BYU before coming here, but he's ingratiated himself into the community. He's been absolutely phenomenal with the media, always thoughtful, always friendly, a guy for all seasons, and I, for one, am going to miss him. Plain and simple. I'm going to miss Alex Barcelo, AB, lighting it up for BYU. He leaves BYU as the best shooter in terms of overall percentage from three for BYU, but he just could not lift his teammates for another game to keep their season alive. And the sad part is he did not get many opportunities because Washington State was hounding him at points with double teams, but at the same time, when he got his opportunities one-on-one, he, like the rest of BYU seemingly, just could not hit the big shot when they needed it. Were there shots made every so often? Sure, but BYU, they got within three in that second half. I think it was around the 12-minute mark. Immediately, Washington State comes back down, hits a three. Then BYU comes back down the court. Foos Traore came out to the top of the key to take a pass. He tries to make a move, just loses the ball, and USF is off to the races once again. And all of a sudden, like it felt like 30 seconds later, that three-point lead went right back to 10. At that point, it felt like this game turned, and at that point, BYU's dream and hopes of getting the win were out the window. It's a disappointing end to this season for BYU because we felt like they were playing with some house money, making a run here in the NIT, trying to make good on their situation they found themselves in. But I want to echo something I saw on Twitter last night. Jonathan Tavernari, the former BYU legend himself, a three-point shooting extraordinaire. This kid knows, or not this kid anymore, JT's a grown man. He said this on Twitter, and I agree with him. If BYU would have handled the lower level games in the WCC, think of Santa Clara and that debacle out there in the Bay Area and then losing to Pacific two nights later. You handle some of those lower level games in the West Coast Conference and BYU's not even worried about playing in the in the NIT. They're playing in the NCAA tournament and even if you're one and done in the NCAA tournament it's a much more successful season in most people's eyes having made it to the big dance than making any type of run in the NIT. You can quibble with that. You can argue with that. Feel free to do so. I'm at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. Twitter, at Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Locked On BYU is the Gmail. Locked On BYU at gmail.com is our email address. Love to hear from you. But honestly, I'm with JT on this. If you handle your business in West Coast Conference play, you punch your ticket to the big dance. And even if you go out in the first round of the big dance, it is considered a far more successful season than this quarterfinal run to the NIT. Change my mind. 
you won't because I completely agree with JT on that. You needed to handle your business in some of those critical, critical moments, and you would have found yourself playing in the big dance, being celebrated on the national stage because the NIT, honestly, what kind of attention does it really get? You played two games on ESPN+. Plus. You finally got on ESPN2 tonight, and you got your... Got your butt kicked. I apologize. I almost uh, dropped an obscenity there. I'm trying to keep it G-rated. But they, they got their tails kicked. It's a disappointing end to a frustrating, inconsistent season for the BYU basketball program. But now we try to pick up the pieces. It'll be more of, I guess, a big picture look back at the season that was in coming days on the podcast. I think I'm going to invite some of my friends in the media core to come on and talk about it. I, I try to sound as knowledgeable on basketball as I possibly can, but there are people who are far more knowledgeable and much more in the know than I am on BYU basketball. So I'm going to lean on them in coming days on the podcast, bring them on and let them share their thoughts. But I just feel like this was a missed season for BYU, a missed opportunity, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. You had your chance. You had the opportunity to punch your ticket to the big dance and you just fumbled it away in some cases quite literally at Santa Clara and then losing that game at Pacific. It feels like those two games did BYU and you handle those games, you win those two. I am of the opinion BYU's in the big dance with those two wins in their back pocket. The two losses pretty much sealed their fate. And that's how fickle it can be as a member of the G5. BYU will be a member of the, of the Power 5 here really quick, and we all know that in the Power 5, you get more of the benefit of the doubt. But you also have to be very competitive, uh, much more competitive in those. And we'll be looking forward a little bit, too, with regards to the transfer portal. Mark Pope last night, his post-game press conference, acknowledged that the spring, it's now, quote, free agency. He is going to hit the portal hard, folks. He is going to do his job to revamp this roster. I think he knows what is in front of him. We will, of course, have you cover on everything we can when it comes to BYU basketball. We'll also be talking plenty of BYU football, and that's what we're going to do next. A great conversation I had earlier this week with BYU tight ends coach Steve Clark. Where does this position group stand right now at the, I guess, where we in the back third of spring ball? His big dogs, Mason Wake, Isaac Rex, not playing in spring right now. What are the other guys showing so far, though? We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Run Your Pool. So you're your bracket's probably busted, me and everybody else just like you. Don't worry. We believe in second chances, and so do our friends at Run Your Pool. Round up your friends who picked Baylor, Kentucky, or any other high seed to win it all and start a Sweet 16 pool at runyourpool.com slash locked on. Along with Sweet 16 brackets, Run Your Pools offers square pools. Yes, like the Super Bowl to keep things interesting every week of the tournament, which gets underway once again today. Brackets bust, but the fun doesn't have to stop. They have options to edit scoring. They offer more intel to help you make your picks as well. All the stuff you will not find at the big media bracket sites. If you're looking to expand your horizons, Run Your Pool has games throughout every other sport out there, including the NBA, PGA Tour, MLB, even the Oscars. If you want to go pop culture, once the madness ends, try something new. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups that you will ever find. We're believers in Run Your Pool over here at the Locked On Podcast Network, and we encourage you guys to give them a shot. We run Survivor Pool and Bracket Contest this year ourselves and had a really good time with it. So start your second chance Sweet 16 pool now and more at runyourpool.com slash locked on. Once again, that's runyourpool.com slash locked on. 
Today's episode of Locked On Cougars is brought to you by our friends over at Stat Hero. Did you take upsets this past weekend in the NCAA tournament? I did, and they did not pan out. I can tell you that much. My bracket's pretty much busted, but I am still having some fun and having a chance to win with our friends over at Stat Hero. If you're not tried out this new platform, you're really missing out. What it is is Stat Hero offers NCAA single game pickums that pits the star players against one another in an amazing hybrid format between both fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from the handicappers that always seem to have the advantage on you, the consumer. Start focusing on the players that you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head-to-head as well. They simply post sets of players for you to, to go up against, excuse me, with a set of players that you select yourself. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The sleek, simple gameplay will have you playing in just minutes, and this is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on using the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. You heard that right. That's stathero.com slash locked on using the promo code locked on for a 100% match right now. stathero.com slash locked on. Use that promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to a more positive note here with BYU football. They'll be back in practice today, officially wrapping up week four of spring drills this evening. We'll be out there as the media core, being able to watch about 15 to 20 minutes of practice. I'll have a full report for you guys on tomorrow's show with all the sights and sounds to take away from that. But wanted to let you guys hear an exclusive one-on-one conversation, the stuff you guys come to this podcast for with BYU tight ends coach Steve Clark. One of the more affable personalities on this BYU coaching staff. Always a great conversation. So without further ado, let's bring him in. Coach Steve Clark. How do you feel spring has gone to this point? Uh, as a position group or as a total position of, group? As a position group, I've been happy with, with the, the, the position group. Um, Dallin stepped up, made a lot of plays. Um, uh, Lane Lunt picked up right he knows the offense he's picked up right where he left off so he's good and then uh, uh, the, so those guys have been going with the ones and then the twos have been Ethan and Houston and and, and they're, they're they're catching on um, you know we're trying to get them to the point where we'd feel comfortable putting them in the game and, and for Houston he's played a lot it's just getting to know the offense and then uh, Houston just needs reps I wanted to ask you about Houston because he played a true fullback role yeah. at Stanford now you're asking him to take on more of I guess what you call that wingback or H-back role how different is it? Uh, not very different, and you'll probably see us do a little bit more with him, um, a lot more of what he did at Stanford. Um, but, you know, it's it's a lot of, uh, you know, we insert a lot in, in on our some of our runs, and, and so he knows how to do that. It's, there's some there's some stuff to it. Um, you know, I think the fly sweep, okay. some of the, the protections are – He's getting it, and, um, but yeah, we you know he's he's a very physical guy, and uh, um, we're happy to have him. <laughs> he's a fun kid to talk to. I can tell yeah, you that he's a great much. Kid to talk to. <laughs> Obviously, without either Mason or Isaac out there this spring, it gives guys like Dallin, you said Ethan Erickson, you also said Lane, an opportunity to show more of what they can do. Are you excited to have seen what they've shown so far? Yeah, especially Dallin. You know, Dallin, we've kind of we've kind of found a role for Dallin, and he. Uh, he's excelled at it. So um, that's that's um, 
I think that's been the most um, exciting thing for me this spring is, is seeing him do more of what he naturally does. Is the expectation that you will have both Mason as I, and Isaac once training camp begins or is it still TBD? Uh, with Isaac, it's it's... You know, we're, we're everything. All indications are Isaac is, is ahead of schedule, okay. um, and Mason will be back, um, and so will Carter Wheat. Um, uh, but you know, we want to be real careful with Isaac. Sure, I understand that. And then with the tight end position, you guys use them in so many different roles. You mentioned the fly sweep. You mentioned the fact you can flex guys out. We've seen that with your offense; it's so multiple. Is that just take some learning curve for young guys like Dallin Holker to just take some time to finally figure out? Okay, this is where I excel. This is where you can best use him. Usually takes a year. Dallin can do so. You know, we have an F and a Y, and, and I, I cross train them so they both know. Um, they, they they should all know them both, and so it's it's really easy for Dallin to jump from a, from F to to Y. It's real easy for Lane to do the same thing. It's not as easy for Ethan and for Houston who haven't been here. Is you know we, we kind of uh, have to you know take it a little bit slower and get them to know a, a one position and then start training them on the other position. So, like, you know, uh, Houston's an F, and right now that's all he's doing. And um, Ethan is a Y, and that's pretty much all he's doing, whereas Dallin and and Lane and <laughs> Isaac and <laughs> Carter and those guys, they can, they can play – any of those positions they'll know what to do just because they've been around it and it's a real intricate offense and you know coach A-Rod says all the time about you know tight ends and the Y's and the F's have to know you know more than anybody in the offense other than the quarterback so um, you know we take that as a challenge and a compliment and and it, it makes it a lot more fun. Obviously, you're the position coach. What are the key things you look for when you're recruiting a tight end to come here to BYU? Um, well, I, yeah, I was looking for explosion um, and a guy that can do them both. Um, we put a lot, a lot of people put premium on catches, and that's great. But but they have to be able to do them both. They have to be able to run block and and pass block <laughs> and run routes and so you know you're looking for an athlete that that's long levered that can do that um at the at the y position at the f position you're looking for more someone that's more um a true fullback compact more yeah not as not as long lev- levered you actually want the leverage uh-huh. um although that's not essential um but yeah you, you look for for someone that can do them both or is willing to do them both and um you know but you're looking for explosion speed hands i always want fighters you know what i mean i want a, a guy that that'll fight like like a mason wake will um so you know, and there's a sliding scale on it all. <laughs> sure. You know, if they're if they're really good, but they're they're not really fighting yet, well, you can live with that. But if they're not great and you and you, but they fight, yeah, you might be able to to, to work with that. So it just it just depends. Fair enough. I wanted to ask you about Mason because people love when he leaps into the air. You as a position coach, you got to be thinking, get down, get down, get down. So I told him, you know, uh, I, I told him he. Can't can't do that all the time to mix it up um and and there's a there's a story behind why he did it is because he was always the biggest guy on the field and everyone would chop his legs out so he got good at 
at hurdling, well, I've told him, you know, um, you got to mix it up. You know, you, you can't just always leap. Well, he did that in the game that he, the South Florida game where he got hurt his, he got injured. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't leap. Yeah. He didn't jump. He put his shoulder down. He put his shoulder down. The guy went down and cut him and he, and he sprained his shoulder really bad. So I, I've just quit telling him you know what to do and let him he's a good enough athlete where he can read it what i care about the premium is ball security keeping the ball understanding you know where the sticks are um, and and you know i'll kind of leave it up to him but he knows that i don't want him i don't want him leaping in the air but you know he's got shirts now with it i mean air wake baby oh my gosh so um yeah, I, I've kind of t- turned. I've I, I've said my piece and let kind of let him him read it, and he's done better with it. You know, he'll he'll read it. You know, he'll see if they're um, if they're going to go down low. You know, he, he, I just told him to do it as late as possible to read it and do it as late as possible. So Fair we'll enough. see. We'll see if <laughs> if that works. I can't guarantee anything, but it's just a habit. It's such a habit for him. Sure. He's just done it all his life, and so. It, it's turned into a habit that we're trying to to, to kind of break, but not break. I, yeah. I don't know. Make him read it a little bit better, right? Make That's him read it. He's got to read and defend. Last thing for me, Coach, it's, you guys, this is day 10 of 15, so there's a third of spring ball still to go. What do you want to see most from your group as you guys round out this spring camp? Uh, the little things, um, hand placement, hitting aiming points, running the routes to the correct depth. Um, I think that they, they under, you know, especially the older guys who understand the offense, just being more detailed. And then the younger guys, I want to see them, um, you know, master the offense. It's different for each player. Um, so, uh, and they know, we'll talk every day. This is, uh, you know, this, today I want you to do this. Today I want you to do this. Today I want you to do this, work on this. Um, so they each have their individual uh, assignments each day that they need to work on. I want to see them get better at what they've been assigned to, to get better at. So, and it's usually the little things the details of the offense coach clark thank you so much you're welcome anytime there you go byu tight ends coach steve clark a big thank you to him for taking some time and it is interesting to hear him talk about what he likes about guys that are getting opportunities dallin holker obviously is the lead dog right now for byu at tight end and i can tell you this much in my observation windows that i've been able to watch dallin holker he looks like a different player he was good last year let me be clear about that but he looks more like the guy that was the breakout sensation his true freshman season before his mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I think he could be one of the guys who just shines absolutely bright this fall. Even if a guy like Isaac Rex is back to full strength, I think Dallin Holker is ready to take that next step and get back to being the elite playmaker that BYU saw from him as a true freshman and who they expect him to be moving forward here. But also good to hear about Houston Haymuley, guys like Mason Wake and their impact when they're back on the field. And obviously some of the young guys, Ethan Erickson, uh, Lane Lunt, they're all getting their opportunities. So obviously Obviously, there are injury concerns waiting on guys to come back from those injuries. But this tight end position, as long as Steve Clark's leading the way, I think they're in very, very capable hands. Once again, a big thank you to Steve Clark for taking some time to join us here on the podcast. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll round out today's show with the other news and notes Excuse me, in BYU sports, where you can find BYU teams in action today. We'll get to all of that in mere moments. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by our friends over at Built Bar. They are the best tasting 
amazing protein bars in the entire world. I am very fond of saying that because I think they are absolutely delicious. Soft and easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate. The best part is they've got a flavor I think that will fit anybody's taste profile. Whether you like nut or non-nut flavors, fruit flavors with your chocolate, they've got it all for you guys. They even have what they call their Built Puffs. And what they are is they're one-of-a-kind protein-infused marshmallows. They just launched a brand-new flavor this week called Brownie Batter. Folks, I had a chance to try it. It is absolutely incredible. Built Bar keeps raising the stakes when it comes to their Built Bars and the Built Puffs they put out. I think every time, okay, can they really continue to make absolutely delicious flavors? Well, so far, so good. They continue to do it. So get to Built.com right now and place your order there. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. You heard that right. Promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. Save some money and also enjoy the best-tasting protein bars. But more importantly, support BYU football via their name, image, and likeness agreement with the BYU football program by supporting our friends at Built Bar. Before we go on this Thursday edition of the show, yes, the BYU basketball season is over. We are 163 days away from BYU football, folks. We are going to make it. Uh, let's just talk about this for a minute. I talked about this probably a week or so back, how I want to do my annual off-season countdown. We usually do about 100 days, and it doesn't necessarily correspond to the 100 days leading directly up to BYU football. It's 100 weekdays, because we do this podcast mainly during the week. So we're going to do a great idea that actually comes from a good friend of the podcast, Rich Hart, a guy who's been helping me lose weight over the past year or so. He had a great idea. He said, Jake, why don't you count down the top 100 players in BYU football history in your own estimation? Now, that's going to require some work, obviously, and I have been working on this since he suggested it, because I think it's actually absolutely brilliant. So we're going to get to work on that. We're actually going to start that April 1st, and that's not going to necessarily correspond to the 100 weekdays leading up to BYU football. We'll have some honorable mentions. We'll have some holidays over the summer etc. that we will obviously not have podcasts, but we're going to start that. Yes, April Fool's Day, not an April Fool's joke. We are going to count down the 100 best players and maybe a few more honorable mention guys in the lead up to BYU football this fall, so get ready for that. It should be a fun, fun venture. All right, time to catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports. Men's golf is in action early this morning. If you're listening to this on Thursday morning, they're at the Goodwin, which is held in Stanford, California on the Stanford Golf Course, one of the premier West Coast Conference, not the West Coast Conference, West Coast golf tournaments in collegiate golf. So best of luck to the BYU men's golf program. The men's and women's track and field teams, at least part of them, are in Austin, Texas for the Clyde Littlefield Texas Relays, one of the bigger meets out there teams out there for the outdoor season. They had a good showing at USC last week, hoping to have a good showing in Austin as well this weekend. That started yesterday, actually, and will continue on through Saturday. BYU baseball opens a huge series tonight as they host number 19 Gonzaga at Miller Park. Yes, the Bulldogs are nationally ranked the class of the WCC. You can hear that game on the BYU Sports Network. It'll also be televised on BYU TV and streaming on the BYU TV app. 6 o'clock, first pitch, as I mentioned, if you want to watch BYU in action there. So a big, big weekend for BYU. If you have an opportunity to support the Cougars, most importantly, I think the BYU baseball program deserves your 
attention. I think they're off to a good start this year. They're eleven and seven. That may not seem like the best record, but they have played some very, very good competition and have more than held their own. This series against Gonzaga could go a long way to telling us how big of a player BYU is going to be in the WCC this season. The baseball season is a long one. Let's be very clear about that. But I still think there's a huge opportunity staring BYU in the face as they take on Gonzaga. Typically, this series happens later in the season, so it's a very important early series for BYU as well. Looking forward to that. Once again, a 6 o'clock first pitch for the Cougars as they take on the Bulldogs at Miller Park. Get out there. The weather's supposed to be fantastic, by the way, here along the Wasatch Front. I am going to see if I can swing by, maybe take my kids out to the game. It's supposed to be in the upper 60s, low 70s. Why not go enjoy some BYU baseball? Perfect time of year. Spring is here. Baseball is in the air, obviously with basketball in the rearview mirror suddenly. So we'll get to being more of a BYU baseball podcast? No, probably not. We'll probably still talk plenty of BYU basketball with the transfer portal. We'll talk BYU football in the lead up to the season, 163 days away, as I mentioned. But we'll have you covered every single day. You guys know how we do here on the podcast. So big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Tomorrow we'll recap what we learned from BYU football media later on this evening. We'll also probably talk a little BYU basketball. Some extra thoughts as I kind of reminisce on the season that was for the Cougars. We'll get to all of that ahead on tomorrow. Tomorrow's show and a big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Want to encourage you guys now to go make Locked On NFL Draft your second listen of the day. They got the draft cover for you guys from top to bottom. It brings the draft to life. I mean it. Prospects, how the front office sees things, how trades are shaking up the NFL draft. If you've been paying attention to NFL free agency and the number of trades that have been going on, it is shaking up how teams are going to draft. No doubt about that. Get the Locked On NFL Draft podcast free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Right, that'll do it. Have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for March 24th, 2022, and we will catch you guys tomorrow.